Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Reading now from thehill.com. The Supreme Court's announcement that it will take up former President Trump's criminal immunity claims has cast doubt over the timing of when his federal January 6th trial might take place, leaving a narrow window for it to occur before November's election. The timing also increasingly puts the future of special counsel Jack Smith's prosecution in doubt as the race against the Election Day clock comes down to the wire. If the trail is delayed beyond November and Trump retakes the White House, he could pardon himself, fire Jack Smith and end the case altogether. Hmm. Joining us on the line right now is CBS News legal analyst Thane Rosenbaum. Thane, welcome back to the show. Always a pleasure. Thanks, Ian. Appreciate it. Always happy to hear your voice. And you as well, sir. Is this game over for Jack Smith? <clears throat> I think so. I think the Donald Trump got a real gift from the Supreme Court. He wanted to delay in order to campaign for the presidency. He wanted to not ex- be exposed to legal uh, prosecution, but yet have the advantage of saying he's there's a witch hunt, right? Have it both ways. Mm-hmm witch hunt but let's just put everything on hold so you're not actually hunting me you just said you're hunting me um you know the supreme court said they would hear oral arguments in the third week of april that's not tomorrow that's a that's wise ways away uh they probably unless they expedited mostly they usually would issue the opinion at the very end of june there we go we're in mm-hmm. the summer right right before you know july 4th it would then be tossed back to, let's say that they rejected the immunity claim which is very possible. So that means the case is back on. The judge would have to schedule it, but there's pretrial motions. There's picking a jury. You're, now we're talking like September, October. There is a policy. It's not a rule, but it's a policy. The Justice Department does not bring federal prosecutions with 90 days, 60 to 90 days before an election to say that the, the Justice Department isn't the one that's going to be responsible for electing or not electing someone. And that would, if it's September, we're in 90 days. So that point that the scenario that you mentioned at the outset of your intro could very well happen. The only little difference is that if Donald Trump were to be reelected, he would appoint a Merrick Garland would be out as attorney general. Mm-hmm. He would have a new attorney general, his, his person, and he would ask that person to drop the case, fire Jack Smith and let it be done. If the case did go to trial miraculously over the summer and Donald Trump was convicted and he then succeeded in his election in November, he could then, of course, pardon himself. But he can't pardon himself on the cases in New York and in Georgia. Those are state cases. So that's important to keep in mind. But the the documents case, that is a federal case, but it's just in in the Florida district, right? Yeah, so that okay. right. That's and that's is that's also Jack Smith. That's oh, of course, yeah, it's the same guy. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. It's the same guy, and it's in. It's just under a different standard. Now the question there is, let's say the Supreme Court said uh, that Donald Trump has immunity from criminal prosecution for actions taken during his presidency. Now we have an interesting question about Florida, 
because the January 6th maneuvers, he could plausibly say, I'm sure liberals will more progressive think this is outrageous, but Donald Trump will say, my efforts during the January 6th, that period of time, was to make sure that the election was fair and not fraud. That's my job as a president. If I wasn't running for president, that would be my job. You say I'm trying to overturn the election results. I'm trying to understand why 70 million people think that something went wrong, and I think something went wrong, and that's what I was doing. That was official acts. And the question it's a factual question. Were those official acts? Jack Smith's going to say, what, are you kidding me? You were just trying to stay in the Oval Office. You weren't looking for the legitimacy of our electoral mm-hmm. process. But Florida, those actions really took place after he was president. They're no longer an official act. So I don't think that the immunity uh, defense would work there, certainly not the obstruction piece, because that is stuff that took place while Donald Trump was living in Mar-a-Lago and he was moving documents around. I don't see how that's an official act. He's not even the president. If the J6 trial is delayed past the election date, but is it possible that it could take place in its entirety and conclude including potential sentencing before the inauguration? Uh, Yeah, I mean, I guess you could, although, you know, again, how loaded that would be that the American people would have already, what Donald Trump's argument would be is the American people are going to decide in November about January 6th, right? That's how they're going to, they're going to, they're, they're, they're going to serve as the legal system. If they're voting me in, they obviously don't think I'm a criminal. So, yes, it's in theory, but again, it, it doesn't really make a difference because if he were to win, he could you know, pardon himself. And if it, if it hadn't yet gone to the jury right. and there was not yet a verdict, he could, again, instruct the new attorney general to appoint a new special prosecutor and have that person uh, drop the case. So the, the weird thing is, that the only case that I think has a chance of actually being concluded is the New York uh, case that was converted from misdemeanors to felonies. That's the Stormy Daniels falsification of business records right. case that was falsification of business the, records the hush in New money. York State. It's hush money, but they're technically just misdemeanors. But they were converted into felonies. Again, that was a tricky maneuver. I'm not sure – what would happen in an appellate court on that, what they did was they said, well, these hush money payments was really a way for you to contribute to your campaign. And so, therefore, it's a campaign finance violation. And, and so that's why, we're, that's why this is now more serious. It's not just falsification of business records. Your falsification was intended to, to override or to, to subvert the rules of campaign finance laws. Um, uh, you know, but the problem is that American people, they know that that's the ugly duckling case. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows that's the stupid case. That's like the porn star case. That's still here. The other cases are <laughs> they sound more serious and are more serious. Yeah. I think most Americans are following this. They're going, huh, really? You know, he played off a porn star. So what? You know, he didn't want his wife to know. So what? Don't people do that? By the way, there isn't anything illegal in hush money. It happens all the time. It's a contract. I, I say to Ian, here's the money. I know you know this stuff about me. You the money. We have a contract, and you promise in acceptance of this uh, money that you'll never speak to a word about it to anyone. And if you do, 
I get my money back because you breached the contract. So, I mean, I think most Americans would say if that's the best you got, if that's all we're going to see as a guilty verdict between now and the election, then you don't really have anything that is convincing, I think. Is it? But if you commit a crime, some, some sort of financial crime in the process of writing me that check. Isn't that what he's actually on the hook for? I mean, I think people understand that just the issuance of that money to Stormy Daniels to tell her to shut up for a couple months wasn't a crime in and of itself. But the falsification of the records that that actually made that transaction possible, that is a crime, isn't it? So, look, I, you know, I'm, you know, I'm down the middle, Ian, you know, I'm. I'm That's why you're here, man. Yeah, I'm here. I'm, I am not like your other people that you hear on television. I, I have no agenda. I'm here to play it straight down the middle. Exactly. If right. I'm Donald Trump, I'm saying, <laughs> I'm saying, who in their right mind would pay off a Playboy bunny and record it in the records paying off a Playboy bunny? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, that's just not how it works. You're not going to leave a Why paper trail I... for that, no. Yeah, right. Why would I do that? Who would do that? Of course that is not that is not an example of the false schedule of business records. I had my lawyer pay my lawyer paid I essentially reimbursed him. I treated it as a legal fee. Okay, you got a problem with that? All right, but the reality is I'm allowed to pay someone off to keep their mouth shut and and I think it's unreasonable to expect me to classify it correctly under these circumstances. Okay, so we said earlier that you expect that they'll issue a ruling at the end of June when they give all the rest of their issuances on whatever cases are before them, right? There's this couple of days in the middle of the summer where yeah. everything from the previous term, oh, we have gay marriage now, or oh, Roe Ro versus Wade yeah. is overturned. These all kind of right. happen. Uh, so that's when, is that also we're going to get uh, a ruling on his ballot eligibility case out of Colorado? No, see, that's interesting. Look, they could move faster. Right. Bush v. Gore moved in like a week. I remember <laughs> you know, I was I was concerned about getting my driver's license at the time, but I remember that happening pretty quickly. Yeah. So what's taking so long? Like it's just a can in the Nixon Watergate tapes, Ian. The Supreme Court showed up in August during vacation. Wow. They just showed up. Yeah. They had they they get it. They understand the country needs to know. So it's not like they can't. It's just that the Supreme Court dragged their feet on this. First, Jack Smith tried to leapfrog over the D.C. Circuit and say, forget this middle appeal court. Let's go straight to the Supreme Court. He did that like two months ago. And the Supreme Court said, nah, let the early, uh, lower <laughs> courts do it first, right? Yeah. So you're going, okay, so you're obviously not, you don't think this needs to be done fast. Then they took like three weeks to actually make yesterday's decision. Like, they really must have been debating this. This was an issue. You needed, they needed four votes to, to take this case up. I'm sure that this was rock and roll for them. This thing was not found. I suspect that's why it took so long. So they rushed that. They didn't rush that. Then they could theoretically say, be ready in a week to argue. We got to roll. We got, we got to get this thing going. Immunity or not immunity, we got to know. No. They said, let's do it at the end of a April. So I'm just saying they're sending a message that they have a little expeditious, but not really expeditious. Now, the ballot case for Colorado, that I happen to think we're going to hear about sooner. On the other hand, I would have said we'd already hear about it because isn't Super Tuesday coming up? Yeah, it's so next Tuesday. After, right? <laughs> so if they don't rule by Super Tuesday, 
you know, then what was the point? Because Donald Trump will be on the ballot. Right. Um, so I wonder whether that they're just saying, look, we're going to run out the clock. We can't be rushed. Oh, sorry. We, you know, it's Wednesday. Uh, so our, our ruling is now moot because, you know, he got the nomination. Now he has enough votes, uh, uh, delegates. Are so, they, yes, they could yeah. go faster, but they're not. They don't seemingly go faster. Do you think it's is are they just are they sort of protecting is is John Roberts trying to protect the image of, of the court? Just like you said earlier, like the Department of Justice does not want to be in the position of prosecuting Donald Trump on October 15th, right? Because it's within that 60 to 90 yeah. day window. It's going to be viewed yeah. as a, I mean, that really is going to convince yeah, a lot of Americans that's going to really look like election interference. Is well, it possible well, the Supreme Court is making the same consideration and say, hey, we're, we're we could rule on this today, but it's easier for us to just pretend um, like we're just not involved and we're just going to let the clock run out until it doesn't matter anymore. Are they that craven? Well, well look, I think look what happened with this Colorado case. Even the liberal justices had a problem with the Supreme Court of Colorado. Right. Even the liberal, Ketanji uh, Brown-Jackson said, you know, like, well, can a court do that? Yeah. Can a court actually have that kind of power that would affect other states? Seriously? Do the people in Boulder have that much power that they can do <laughs> such a thing? <laughs> they, they have good skiing, but seriously? Those hippies. You know? Yeah. So I just think that the, the, the fact that they said that suggests that they don't want to be in the election business. You know, they don't want to decide who the next president is. They're not going to. I don't think that opinion is going to disqualify Donald Trump from the ballot. I just think that that has a very bitter look that the Supreme Court said in a democracy, the founding fathers believed in representative democracy. They believed in voting for your representative, that the Supreme Court in the separation of powers said, yeah, but you can't vote for this guy. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, we won't let you vote for this guy. And so I just think that I just think that there they show they didn't want to be in the election business. And maybe the point that you're raising is another one that they're you know, dragging their feet because they don't want to be in the in the position of deciding the election. It didn't. Bush v. Gore was not a win for the Supreme Court. No, it's crazy it how much we don't think about how I mean, I mean, I'm maybe people, people you go to cocktail parties and they must still talk about this. But I mean, just on on the radio, if we're talking about the most controversial Supreme Court decisions out of the last quarter century, Bush v. Gore doesn't even come up, you know, but. Well, you know, that's one of the reasons. Sorry to interrupt you, Ian. One no, of the reasons is, is because it's like, you know, what is it? Mission Impossible was this message will destruct in 30 seconds. <laughs> Isn't it? That's exactly what the Supreme Court did. It literally said. At the end of this opinion, it says, this opinion has no precedential value. Wow. It will, as if we didn't do it, as if they knew this was just awful, and we are not going to let this come back again. You don't cite to Bush v. Gore because the justices said this thing is disintegrates, disappears, destroyed as soon as it's over. George W. Bush is the president, and let's forget this ever happened. We don't have so, a ton right. of— Right. It is the sorry. most important, but it's not yeah. one anyone really could talk about. Yeah, they just kind of memory hold it on purpose. You, no, nobody can yeah. go back and make reference to that in any present-day ruling. Yeah, I did not know exactly. that. Very interesting. Yeah. Okay. No, most people don't. Yeah, so we've talked a lot about the timeline and the effect on the election. Da, da, da. Let's, with the remaining time we have left, which is not much, let's talk about the merits of this case, actually, because Donald Trump says— 
Uh, legal scholars are extremely thankful for the Supreme Court's decision, blah, 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 blah. Without presidential immunity, a president would not be able to properly function, make decisions in the best interest of the U.S. Presidents will always be concerned, even paralyzed, by the prospect of wrongful prosecution and retaliation after they leave office. This could actually lead to the extortion blackmail of a president. Is he right? Do legal scholars have a sort of unanimous or even consensus opinion on presidential immunity? I don't think there's two out there. Like presidential law professors are all Democrats and liberals. (laughs) (laughs) I'm one of them. So this is, you know, what the first sentence is just flatly wrong. They are not thankful. Most law professors do not want to have this case heard, period. Uh, So that's not true. But the second part, all those other sentences, might be true. How do you know that? He didn't say it, but he could have said Nixon, United States versus Nixon. Uh, not the Watergate tapes, but the case that happened after Richard Nixon left the White House. He was being sued by some member of the Air Force for civil damages, money, uh, on some wrongful termination or something. And he, he blamed the president of the United States. Supreme Court came back and said, oh, give me a break. You can't sue the president in civil court because you don't like him. Even if something bad happened to you while he was president, it would be ridiculous. He couldn't function or she couldn't function. So Donald Trump's one argument is say, well, the Supreme Court has already said immunity applies to civil cases. Shouldn't even more apply to criminal cases? Because what, I have a lot of political enemies who hate my guts, and there are district attorneys and U.S. attorneys around here who are waiting for me, to, and they did. The minute I got out of the White House and announced that I wanted to run again, mm-hmm. boom, they all ganged up on me. You see, this is exactly what happened when you didn't give me immunity. And that's why you can't, you can't let this happen again. So he might have an argument. And who knows? You know, people are claiming it's the conservatives that brought this case before them, like four conservatives voted. Who knows? There might have been a liberal justice. It's not impossible to imagine that Sonia Sotomayor or, say, Justice you know, Brown Jackson said, you know, we need, to, we need to clarify this. Does the United States versus Nixon apply to criminal prosecutions for jobs you know, under, undertaken in the context of your duties? The word that they use in the issue, in defining the issue, they use the word official act. That's going to come up a lot in the oral argument. What, whether what Donald Trump did from the election to January 6th, those maneuvers, everything that happened, were they official acts? You're going to hear that because that's the, the language that the court used. So I don't know. I mean, I, I think that the Supreme Court does have an obligation to answer all constitutional questions. This is one that had not been answered. So, you know, it's not to me outrageous that they did this. It's not totally surprising. Mm-hmm. What's surprising is that they drag their feet so much, which goes to your point. Maybe they don't want to really do it, but they recognize they should. They should hear it, but they'd rather not. Wow. What a wild ride. Thane, I could talk to you for hours, man. I really hope we get a chance to talk again, you know, maybe when the arguments are done or the ruling comes out sometime before the election. Thank you so much for your time and your expertise. It's great, great, great to have you, man. Take care. You're very kind. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Okay, we'll come back and uh, get some reaction on the Okanard Jewelers talking text line. This is so wild, man. I love the way Thane, uh, he explains things. It's just, it's, it's just all so weird. 347 on WWL Radio. I'm Ian Hoken for Scoot, and I'll be right back. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.